podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Right, everyone, we're here with Ollie Freckingham today from Rothley Park to talk about the Leicestershire and Rutland Cricket League. It was a fascinating battle at the top all the way through last season between Ollie's club, Rothley Park, who unfortunately for him ended up in second place, and Kibworth, who won the league by nine points in the end. And we'll come to what happened in that league during the season a little bit later. Uh, but down the bottom, unfortunately, Paul Kegworth and Syston been relegated. But let's get to it with Ollie. How was it for you, Ollie, through the season? Bit disappointed in the end? In the end, yeah, I think we, yeah, we would be disappointed when you put a side together that we have. You kind of a successful side. You, you know, you go in every game and you're trying to win everything that that you enter. And we we won the County Cup as we call yeah. it, um, our Sunday Cup competition, and then we won the T20 Cup locally as well. So yeah, we did really we did do very well on Sundays, but the the, the not winning the league just sort of it kind of bites at you a little bit although you know we had a, we did have a good com- campaign and yeah Kibworth are an extremely good side you know we've we've gone to battle with them for the last well since I, I joined Rothley five years ago so uh-huh. you know, it's we've gone to battle with them they're a hell of a side and they've done some brilliant things and you can't you know you can't knock that and sometimes you just have to say well played to to a club who is extremely good you know um, it's 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 brilliant going to battle with them every year and I'm sure you know, again, we'll be going going in against them. Definitely. Looking at the run into the end of the season, you both won your last six games. And it was, I think it was 29th of July. At the end of July, you played uh, Kibworth. That was the last game you lost. It Literally, you then just toe-to-toe and you were almost looking for a result from someone else, weren't you? Absolutely, yeah. And I think in them last six games, we probably pushed each other along even more, knowing yeah. that, you know, another slip-up here and probably one of us isn't going to win the league. Mm-hmm. And that game that we did lose to Kibworth, it was, at the end of it, obviously, with them winning... We're all, I've got some good friends at Kibworth that I've played with in the past and just talking after the game, it just felt like almost like in football terms, a six-pointer. And it, the, the, we were ahead of them all the way in league season until then. And I think that just, obviously, the pendulum swung in their favour. And mm. I, you can't go and tell your own players that that's the season done, boys. They're going to win the league. But I just felt in your heart, you just really thought, oh, that's, that's them. They've probably won the league now. We've got to go and do it on a Sunday. <laughs> Definitely. Just looking at that game. Well, but the two games there against Kibworth, 127 for eight. In the plays two seven five for eight in the first game and one hundred and eleven all out plays one hundred and twenty nine all out in the second game. So you know you're you're on the wrong end of both those results. I think. Yeah, it was two tight games. I think at their place they outplayed us. To be honest, they scored two yeah two eighty whatever it was you just mm-hmm. said. And if it hadn't been for Nathan Book, I think he scored a quick fire eighty at the end. We probably were nowhere near really, and they played very very well. The return fixture at our place, I thought we were. You know, we were well on top of that game for a majority of it. And really, we should we should be getting over the line when you're only chasing 120, 20 mm-hmm. on to win, especially in a game back Yeah, you've got jo- J- Josh Cobb in that game, 82 not out out of 127 runs. So one one performance. 66% of the runs from one player. Yeah, yeah, terrific. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So let's, let's talk about the batters that you played against, Ollie. Do you want to go through the, the numbers on the top batters in the league there, Q? Yeah, Sam Evans. I mean, there's some very familiar names here. Yeah. Very, you know, current Sam Evans, obviously, he stepped down towards the end of the season to play in the uh, one-day cup final but uh, more importantly 792 runs at 52 and at, at Leicester Ivanhoe um, so I'll be town uh, Greg Willows 773 runs at 86 Matt Craven 740 at 43 for Kibworth and then Sonny Patel 
Rothley Park, a 6.74, runs at 42, rounded out the top five. Another familiar name, is it Adil Ali, Ali yeah. Kibworth, 6.71 at 39.47. So I think we looked at a league with um, North Ants League. No one's getting above 600 and you've got guys, you know, in, in a very wet summer hitting, mm. 800, you know, several guys nearly hitting 800 runs. So it was a, a good performances from the batters. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we can vouch for the Midlands ourselves how wet it was during July in particular. And that game for you guys in July was uh, yeah, the end, end of that period, Ollie. But of those top five batters, was there anyone who stood out for you there in terms of the league? That you, well, they're, they're, they're just leagues above everyone else or a, or a bloody nightmare to bowl at from your perspective? I think, yeah, I mean, the, the previous year, I think there was four four batters got over a 1,000 runs. It was obviously a, a much drier summer than this year. But then coming into this year, it's still, you, your best players always still score the runs, whatever the conditions. And the likes of, I mean, Craves, Matt Craven at Kibworth, he's been at the top of the path for... For years and years, he's a fantastic player. Greg Willows from Salby, he's a terrific. I think he's still classed as an overseas player. He's over in Australia at the minute, but you know he's a top top player. And then you other guys, you know, you Sam Evans, he's obviously going to be at the top. He's a professional cricketer. I think last year he actually broke some some stupid records in club cricket. I can't remember exactly what it was. Could have been the highest ever average in a Premier League season or something. I'm not sure. A uh-huh. thousand uh, fifty six runs at one hundred and seventy six. Yeah, I, I know he broke some <laughs> records. So yeah. in only fourteen games. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Not yeah. Bad. And then you got. Ads from Kibworth as well, you know, top player, ex-pro again. But yeah, you do seem to, to have the, the, you know, the best players are always going to shine, whatever the conditions. And, you know, Sonny, Sonny had a pretty good season for us. You know, just coming to it, we signed him from from Notts Cavs last year and he's come in and settled in. I think he'll be pretty happy with his first season with us. So yeah, but there's some, there are some top players around, even players on there that you've not named who, you know, Tom Wells at Newtown Linford, he's come back to the league, also an ex-Leicester player. Yeah, yeah there, this. There's some good batsmen out there. Rob Taylor as well. He's at Oakham. I'm surprised he's not on that list, actually. He came 14th, I think, in the league. Right. He scored a double hundred in one game. So, but, you know, another top player. So there are some, some good players around. And, you know, it's always, a, it's good to have them. And there's a big, good mix of different clubs. I think it's always nice that you've got that challenge when you go and play. Yeah, there's, a, there's a few lads who you mentioned Rob Taylor there and Josh Cobb both of those over 500 runs in 10 and 11 games respectively so I think Josh Cobb whilst only managing 10 games for Kibworth um, was the difference yeah. in a fair few of those games averaging 64 and striking 120 nearly which is higher than pretty much anyone else down to uh, old mate Dieter <laughs> Klein so yeah he's, he's, we'll, we'll um, come to Dieter we, may, we may come to yeah, we might come to that later <laughs> yeah, yeah. definitely so in terms of the, the Leicester League and the battles there then for you Ollie you've got experience over in the Cheshire area as well, haven't you, for a few years? How do you compare the two? I definitely think it's got stronger in the Leicester League over the mm-hmm. past few years. You know, like we were mentioning earlier, it does help when you've got quite a lot of either current pros or ex-pros that do stay local to the league. It does definitely yeah. strengthen it quite considerably. I mean, probably hard to judge at times this year because of how wet it was. It always makes it a little bit difficult. But I certainly think that we're definitely matching up with the Cheshire League. If not, I reckon this year we probably, I'd hate to say it, but we could probably put a decent account for ourselves against, uh, you know, as a whole yeah. against the Cheshire mm-hmm. Cheshire League. The one thing I would say is when you play in Cheshire, you, your bowlers can bowl for longer periods. So we can only bowl 10 Right. So, yeah. you in in the Cheshire League, your best bowlers are probably bowling for longer periods of time because you only really need three bowlers. Right. In our yeah. division, you need your your five bowlers plus probably your sixth bowler if if one of your top mm-hmm. five has an off day. So that kind of probably levels things out a little bit. But you know, yeah, we put up a big account for ourselves. Definitely. So you, everywhere you go, there always seems to be a challenge. Definitely as a bowler. Yeah, definitely. And it, it, I mean, that's one of our favourite subjects, you, isn't it? The difference between leagues. 
Um, it's, it's one of our favourite subjects to avoid. Yeah, it just it, it's the biggest minefield possible in club cricket. What league plays what rules? Who can bowl what? What distance? It's just all over the place, isn't yeah. it? And do you think that we should have more equilibrium in terms of how you all play the game at Premier League level, for example, so that we are building towards the NWCA and building towards the the, the seconds and the ones, and everyone's playing the same structure. I do. I think the whole country should probably play. If you're having an ECB qualified league, then they probably should. However, if it goes to win-lose draw, I'd say no, because we play win-lose and it's the best format, 100% that we should be playing. But yeah, I do think that there probably does need to be some continuity across all all leagues, because you know, if we are looking to create pros like we are doing, <clears throat> we probably should all be playing the same format as an ECB qualified league. Totally agree. Totally agree. Hey, we'll move on from that one, because that was just a little sort Aside. Let's have a look at the overseas guys, shall we, Hugh, in uh, the Leicestershire League. What you got there? Well, I'm struggling to pick them out. That's that's the tricky thing. Uh, Ollie would probably be more helpful there because unusually it's, it seems to be the local guys and obviously the Leicester, Leicester players jumping in that um, seem to be dominating the, the run scoring. So, yeah, I, I'm going to I'm gonna have to pass that one off. Well, this, the standout overseas would be Greg Willows at Sarby Town. He's, yeah. um, mm. he's a top, top player. I'm just trying to think of any other... I'm not sure if there's too many overseas because... I know it is a lot harder these days to to bring in overseas with um, visas and stuff, mm-hmm. but Greg would be a standout player, definitely. He scored a 1,000 runs previous year. Yeah, Just bowling out, yeah. and he's one of them players that... The guys you hate bowling out are the ones that seem to have so much time to play the ball, and he just seems to be able to... He could play the piano before the ball gets to him. He's He just has so much time that, you know, his, his decision-making... There's the title of this episode. It just makes his decision-making that much better, and, yeah, he's he's a top, top player. And it, why do you think that is that there's not as many overseas in the Leicestershire League compared to, for example, the Lancashire League? I mean, I think when you look around all the clubs, they're all sort of backing either a current pro or an ex-pro yeah. rather than going down the route of bringing an overseas. And overseas can be an expensive, you know, can be expensive to any club. You've got to, you know, flights, accommodation, etc. So I think, like I said earlier, we're lucky that a lot of our local lads or local ex-pros and stuff are still mm. with us. So, and I, I think it's good that clubs actually back that situation rather than going overseas. Yeah. Plus on top of that, I, I do think visas are a lot harder to, to come by yeah. now. You know, to get an overseas pro, you, they're almost too good to be an overseas and come over on a visa or they're not good enough. No, what's the other way? They're, they're too bad to not have a, the way the formats work, it's, it's it's so complicated mm. that I think that it just makes it easier if you can just go and back someone a little bit more local. Yeah, and the days of, I mean, back in my day, 30 odd years ago, where, to be honest, 90% of the overseas that came over then, under age 23, and were coming over experience more than anything. Now we're seeing the likes of ex-international players or guys who played one or two games for Sri Lanka or one or two games for Afghanistan. They're 28, 30 years old and they're, they're commanding quite a fee to come over, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And it makes it tough, doesn't it? Especially when you've got to find them somewhere to live as well. You know, I think overseas is probably better for those guys you're trying to give opportunities to. Yeah that are under 23 mm. maybe rather than some gun ex international that 30 odd looking to looking to make a few cup, few pennies in this country sort Definitely. of thing I don't knock it I think having overseas is brilliant it's brings a good variety to the league and stuff, mm. but I do think it is a little bit tougher to get hold of them these days. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting balance, isn't it, between the overseas, as you say, the way current pros literally can drop down to the Leicester Premier League and play. you're playing against people who a week later might be playing the T20 Blast or a month later into the in the, the 50 over game, aren't they? Absolutely, it's great to come up against them. But no, it's good. It's good. Like, I, I think anyone would, would say that if you're coming up against a, a pro, it's, you know, it's brilliant. You're testing yourselves against the best, aren't you? I think everyone does that at a really good level. Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think Leicestershire seems to be lucky in that you know what you want is the pro mentality around the rest of your team as well and if you're able to get that locally then 
you don't need to go overseas, do you? And obviously, it, clubs in other parts of the country where pros aren't as easy to get hold of from their mm. local county sides, um, maybe don't have any choice but to, to look overseas for that, you know, to bring in that quality to set the standards for the rest of the team. But I think it's good to, to have these experts. I mean, you know, when you look at our youngsters at, at Rothy Park, when they're watching sort of like the likes of Nathan Book, Duke to go about their mm-hmm. business, it can only encourage them to, to think, well, I need, that's the sort of level standard that you yeah. need to be at. And again, when you go and play other clubs and against other sides, the current players that you've got or the current club players that you've got, they can see how these guys go get about their business. And that's what you've got to be to be the best, really. Um, so I just think it's, I think it's great for, for everyone, really, if you've got these these lads in, the, in teams. And it clearly tells me that your county club, you know, Leicestershire County, have obviously got a a real investment there in the Premier League and the local clubs they're, they're more than happy for players to come down and play regularly aren't they yeah well yeah it looks like that way definitely that it should really yeah it, it, it's I'm a big believer and I've said this for, for donkey's years now that without clubs of all levels the England international cricket team doesn't exist it literally the pyramid goes from the bottom upwards yeah no, nobody starts playing cricket for England they start playing for their local club their local school and it goes all the way up doesn't it absolutely that's correct got um, Ren Ahmed I know he didn't actually play in the Leicestershire League but Leicestershire let him play at the start of the season for the Cavs and Carrington yeah. in the Nottingham League. Play, he only got three games in, but you know, after the winter he had and, and uh, the noise that is around him, you'd think, oh no, let's wrap him in cotton wool. But no, he's out there playing for Cavs and Carrington. Um, so, you know, good on Leicester. Been given a central contract as well, I think. Yeah, he has, yeah. yeah. So there you go, a club cricketer yeah, in 2023, because we can say that, with a central yeah, contract absolutely. for England. It just proves how close yeah. the game is there. It doesn't happen in any of the sports, as far as I can see, Ollie. No, it's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. Hey, let's look at the bowlers in your league. And there's going to be one standout here in particular, Hugh. Well, not. not I mean, we've got Dieter Klein <laughs> at the top with 45 wickets at mm-hmm. 11. Jigar Knight, 42 wickets at 12. Uh, Aaron Panditha, 35 wickets at 19. Uh, and then a certain Freckingham character, 34 wickets at 12. Uh, nice average there. Uh, Gurbaj Singh, 34 wickets at 15. There. So that's the top five. And I'll chuck in Nathan Buck there, 33 wickets at 12 as well, at Rothley Park as well. So top wicket taken. But I think the story of the of the year um, is a certain game where yes. nine of those 45 wickets were taken by Dieter Klein against Langtons um, with yourself taking one Ollie, all bold, which... I think I looked up, and I, I, I'm, I think it was the only time in Premier League history, all ECB Premier League history, where everyone was bold in an innings. I need to just double check that. There might have been one other. Um, unbelievable. The question we have to ask there is, was Dieter on fire or were you poor just to get one wicket? He was on fire, to be honest. He was on fire. <laughs> it actually got to a point where I think it was my third or fourth over and the lads were coming up to me and saying, you can't bowl anymore because you might get a wicket. We wanted to get extra. Shut up. I'm, I'm, I need some more wicket. <laughs> but no, he was unbelievable. I mean, he's had an unbelievable season. He The, the wickets you mentioned then, plus he's, his Sunday wickets. I think he took something like 64 wickets. But bearing in mind, uh, the first five games, I don't think he took a wicket. Wow. He had three games. The first three games, he didn't take a wicket. Then he had a shoulder injury. So, yeah, I think if you wipe out the first five five weeks of the season, he's took all them since then. So, he was uh-huh. he was just unbelievable. And on that, I mean, on that Langton's, I think he might have been in the head a little bit from previous games. The, the return fixture at our place, he took six against them. We then played them in the T20 final that we bowled them out for about 60. I think, again, he took three or four wickets um, so I think in the back of his you know he was already in the back of their minds and as soon as that ball gets swinging he still bowls with heavy heavy ball and when that ball gets swinging back in he's, yeah. he's an absolute nightmare On that previous fixture um, Langton's Rothley, uh, Langton's 59 all out. You got three, he got seven. Um, and that was it. All job done inside uh, what, 15 overs. 13.5 overs. So yeah, it's yeah a bit of a double. 
it's a fixture we need to look forward to next year then by the sounds of things. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it was a good wicket. There was a bit of moisture in it. It was it was very hard wicket, a bit of a grass tinge to it. But when we when we batted on it, we we it was quite tough. I'm not gonna lie, it was tough, but I think it was one of them where you say if the batters get in, they'll be able to score the runs on it. it one of them where you just needed to get yourselves in, but Dita just didn't let anybody get in. And you know, it, you just have to take your hat off to these some of these guys. They're they're just that good and he's just one of them players that on his days is, is as good as anyone. Slowly but surely, Hugh, they're taking them further down, aren't they? Right, you, you talk about the batting. He also got 36 runs off 19 balls uh, in the same game. We, we want to be there for the next one to see whether it gets below 10, because it's getting silly now, isn't it? The, the one thing I can say, and I'm quite happy to mention this, he wasn't the, the single best figures in the entire country for the whole year, though. Alex Senior of Morpeth taking 10 wickets for five runs, nine for six compared for 10 for five. I mean, there's, there's absolutely nothing between them, is there? But some incredible figures going around, and I'm sure Langton's are looking at the fixture list for next year themselves and going, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> We, we always talk about standout performances on the pod, and that clearly rates right up there for in, in any league in the whole country. What else stood out through the season? Some standout performances, batters or bowlers for yourself, Holly? I think as a bowling unit, we probably, apart from really maybe Dieter's seventher and his ninefer, we all yeah. sort of chipped in really, really well. You can't. We always say kind of one of them things where if, me and, if it doesn't work for me and Dieter, we can then bring Nathan on. We've got another guy called Harry Funnel, one of our all-rounders. Um, and then we've got Adam Hackett, another <laughs> seamer, who's very, very effective in club cricket. And then we've got a spin bowler who, to be honest, Neil Patel, we've not really used a great deal because Dieter goes and does his thing. And then you've got you know himself and Bucky were taking a few wickets, so he didn't get much of a chance. But I think as, a, as just as a bowling unit, we've just clicked really, really well. It's unfortunately a couple of times where we've just let ourselves down is in is with the batting where you know the couple of totals that we should have knocked off would have changed our season quite dramatically. But you know, everyone's really chipped in. I can't really yeah. pick out you know standout form. I think Nathan actually took a seventh for early in the season against Kegworth as well. But you know we've just everyone's just had their day really. Or and if they haven't had their day, they're they're chipping in every week, and that's all you can really ask for. Definitely. So with that bowling unit gelling and working so well through the year and you falling nine points short of Kibworth to win the league, is it just that tiny tweak in the batting that you're looking for potentially over the winter? Is it uh, I think all, all round still? The group of batters that I had would, you know, I'd back them every single week. I would, I'd like to say it was a bit more of a, a one, you know, a time where on another day we would have knocked them runs off. I wouldn't say it was something that we would make a habit of doing. But however, mm-hmm. we did do it in the T20 where we, I think it was the, is it the area final or regional final we got to? I don't know which way around it goes. And we bowled the team out for about 122. And again, we failed to to knock that off. And if you put that in with mm-hmm. the Kibworth game, they're two sort of what I would have called low totals on the deck that had we knocked both of them yeah. off, our season would have looked completely different. And although we've got two, you know, we took two cups away from the season, you can't really argue with it. I think that had we just nailed our skills a little bit better on them two days, yeah. I could have been sat here probably with, I'm not saying another trophy or whatever, but I think we'd have had a, a lot more to talk about this season. And it, that's what just bites you a little bit. Coming out of the season, you look back and you think, yeah, we've yeah. done really well. We've won two cups, finished second in the league. But there was two results there that we should have won. 100% we should have won. And would have had you know a, a different season um, if we're looking back at it now. A much better season. And let's have a look at the all-rounders, shall we, Hugh? Who's the, I think Nathan's up there, isn't he, in the, the all-rounders? 
Um, yeah, Nathan. So top Sam Evans again, seven hundred ninety runs there and uh, twenty eight wickets as well. Dieter surprisingly three hundred eighty seven runs at a strike rate of one hundred seventy two. So he's not hanging about to go with his forty five wickets. Adil Ali six hundred runs just under thirty wickets. Jigger Nike, 140 runs, didn't quite count in the all-rounder, but you know, still runs his runs. And then um, 42 wickets. And then Aaron Banger, 495 runs and 24 wickets. So those guys. And there's your Robert Taylor there after only 11 games. 500 runs and 23 wickets at Oakham. After 11 games. Yeah, so only, you know, that's a hell of a contribution. So they could get some more games out of him next year. That would go down very well. You, you just can't beat a, a top quality club cricket all-rounder, can you, Ollie? Absolutely not, especially a spinner. I think they're such a key key figure to have in any in any team that you play with. I mean, you mentioned Jigganite there. He's If he's not one of the best spinners going around in club cricket, then, you know... I don't know who it is because you know he's yeah. a sensational performer. He was a great performer when I played with him at Leicestershire, and he's still as good as as he ever was, really. But you know he looks likes of a deal, another spinning all rounder. Rob Taylor actually bowls a bit of spin as well. Um, mm. So yeah, he's, they're just absolute vital cogs in anybody's in anybody's team. If you can have a batter who can bowl some spin, yeah, they're super. Actually, Kibworth are blessed with them because Cobby's also a spinning who can bowl some spin. Um, you got a deal jigger. Yeah, they're, they're super performers week in week out. I mean that is definitely something that literally across the whole of the country it stands out those players who are the top spinners and uh, the batters as well it doesn't matter which Premier League we look at really does it Hugh? Well we had I think it was seven of the top ten it might have been we're off spinners and a, and a leg spinner well left or a right yeah. arm off his a leg spinner and then it was two seamers in, in the top ten wickets across the country so and you know we talked to Tom Evans that the Liverpool comp that if they're going for an overseas that they're looking for a left arm spinner who can bat and they'll build their team around that you know Yes yeah, I suppose the question there for you Ollie and it's you know we do hear that as Hugh said from Tom and other people do we not coach enough spin at that younger age so that those guys are coming through for you guys later on? I don't know if we don't coach it. I think the problem is with spin, you have to back them because a bowler can bowl, a spin bowler can bowl the same ball and it, you can have so many different um, results from that delivery. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, the key fact, you know, you look at leg spin and everyone says how leg spin, it can go around the park, etc. But if a 12, 13, 14 year old lad bowls leg spin, can land it, but yeah, he might be a little bit expensive. You kind of have to back that lad because, yeah. you know, he's just, he's only just developing that art. And I think that's just, that's the same with, you know, a left arm spinner, an off spinner, whatever it is. Is. You've got to back them because batters will go after them because they are a slower bowler, especially at a young age. Younger people, they want slow bowling because they don't like the fast, fast and nasties. So I just yeah. think that you have to, coaches and captains at young at the younger age groups, just have to back them a little bit more maybe than what they're yeah. doing so that they develop because at the end of the day, a, a cricketer probably isn't fully developed until 18, 19, 20 really. And then from there, they still improve with experience and what have you. So, yeah, from a young yeah. age, you've got to just keep backing them, I reckon. And definitely with a spinner, they can bowl. Obviously, we've, we've, got the, we've got the freaks of this world, like Jimmy Anderson, who's going on till he's about 400. But generally, spinners can just bowl later on in their age because they're, they're not putting that as much pressure through the body full stop, are they? So you're right, they can develop it either 18, 20, 22, and then bang, they've got probably still 15, 20 years in them, haven't they, at least? That's it, absolutely, definitely. That's you do just have to keep backing them. I mean, some people say you don't hit your prime in cricket until you're 28. So you know, there's a there's a lot of time there for people to to be able to develop and learn learn the art of bowling and spin. So yeah, so if I had got injured at 23, I still had five years to go. I, I didn't realise that. I must have been. <laughs> <laughs> now I feel ridiculously old. 
Looking through the Prem then, Ollie, yeah, let's have a look at those new and emerging and young players. Is there anyone who stood out for you? So the one guy I would say is Arush from Kibworth. I don't think he played heaps of games this year. However, mm-hmm. I, th- I know the games he played, he did, he did do pretty well in. And I know he's on Northampton's books. Oh, okay. he, um, yeah, he's a trick player. And I'm pretty sure I did some coaching with this guy about five or six years ago. He was like 10 years old. And yeah, you could just tell this guy's going to be going to be something. And so, yeah, he would be one. If we're going to look out for somebody, he'd definitely be one to look out for in the future. Unfortunately, probably not a Leicestershire, but more so at Northampton. It's just over the border. Just looking at his stats, I mean, it looks like Northampton have poached him. Leicester County Cricket Club Academy under 14 in 2020 averaged only two games. Obviously, it was a tricky summer. We'll want the summer to forget, but uh, two games there and he scored 217 runs in two innings, 138 not out. Um, and then then he's popped up back in uh, on Northampton's books as an under 15 2021. So he's an under 17 mm-hmm. um, this year and averaged 30 in the Premier League, Leicester Premier League. So that's that's fantastic for a 17-year-old. Definitely. It'd be interesting to see how many games he gets next year, won't it? Well, I, I mean, you might get a few games for Northants. He's averaged 50 yeah. in their under-18 side as an under-17. So, terrific player. What about in your place then, Ollie? Have you got anyone coming through at Rothley that we could keep an eye on? We've got some We've got some lads who I think will develop into being some, some Premier League players, definitely. But we've had a lad called Connor Roth who's played some played second team, done really, really well, and has played for us in the Prem a little bit. And I think he's just at that age now where he's probably learning a little bit more about his game, a bit more about senior cricket. He's probably, I think he's yeah. about 19 now. And he, I think I think he will develop into a very good Premier League player, no doubt about it. So yeah, he'd be one that we're trying to push. It's a hell of a jump, isn't it? It's a hell of a jump, second team into the Prem, and you don't want to force that. You don't want to force it. They, you can ruin people's uh, cricket by fo- pushing it too soon, can't you? So they need to develop in their own time. Yeah, I was going to ask Ollie that question. How, how important do you think it is for players to come through the ranks as such for the Prem? And how, you know, blooding them too early can literally, as Hugh said, ruin them completely. But at the same time, they've got to get that game somehow, haven't they? Absolutely. I think the biggest problem we have or we tend to have had is you put all this time into these guys at like 13, 14, 15 and then they go off to private school or they go off to university experience other things in the world and How then, dare they? Yeah, yeah and then cricket sort of gets put on the on the back burner a little bit mm-hmm. um, so yeah I'm, I don't really do a lot with our juniors massively um, that's mm-hmm. done to a downtown club coach Ange Patel I'm sure he'd have some names he could throw at you who's you know developing and are really good but the, the the biggest problem is is you do get to a certain age and then like I said they go off and they do other things and then you put all your hopes into into that that guy so to speak to be your next Premier League opening bowler opening bat whatever luckily at the minute Connor Ross still around so hopefully he'll be he'll be one that's going to take somebody's spot but yeah that's that just seems to be the problem I think that you know unless they are completely focused on cricket they go to a yeah. university and they focus on cricket cricket does seem to get put on the back burner a little bit probably like all sports Honest. Yeah, I think it's across across the board. It's I chat with the guys who run the local football team here where I live, and uh, they have exactly the same problems as we do. And that is, you know, and you don't want to hold these kids back. You know, you want to develop them as best you can. But the, the world is a big place. I think the hope there is that they they come back. You know, if they come back and live in the area after university or something, then they could actually be the rock of your side for for thirty years. Without a shadow, it's the biggest drop off point in club cricket for juniors from fifteen upwards. Mm-hmm. You only have to look at our local leagues here to see how many clubs have a team at 15 and then how many it goes down to at 17 it's a massive drop yeah. and that's all down to as you say GCSEs A levels discovered other things university and it's it's there's a little bit of a finger in the uh, sort of we wish they're going to come back then isn't it unfortunately yeah it is I think that you know, nothing gives any club 
better pleasure than actually creating your own players. And you know, if you if you can if you could have one to eleven and everyone's come from the Rosely Parish, so to speak, that would be absolutely yeah. fantastic. But it just doesn't happen. We're always trying to to create our own players. It's just keeping hold of them and hoping they don't go and find other experiences that takes them away from cricket. Hey, let, let's let's before we come to an end, let's have a quick look forward to next season. You guys are presumably be back indoors, pretty like most people. You've got a number of players at all playing overseas at the moment. No, don't have anywhere that's gone overseas. We start. We're doing a bit of a batting sessions. So yeah, we we start that this Sunday. Hopefully, a little bit earlier. Them extra one percenters, as they say. Yeah, <laughs> is that batting sessions for everyone, including the bowlers? That's for yeah. We can all go. Yeah, yeah absolutely, we can all go. Mm-hmm. I don't think we'll we'll all be there. It's at ten o'clock on a Sunday morning. I think a few guys might might still be hungover. Welcome to club cricket and all that. Definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. And then looking forward to next season. You, you're just expecting the same battle with Kibworth. Go, you know, going right throughout the season. Can you see Loughborough or Sal be getting back up there as well? Oh, definitely. I, I was a little bit surprised this year, to be honest, that we were, that Kibworth and ourselves weren't really pushed as mm. probably as what I expected. There's some good sides out there. If you put one to eleven, you put teams on paper. Um, your Newtown, Linford, Sarby Town. Sarby's batting lineup was fantastic. Yeah. They're an unbelievable batting lineup. And your Loughboroughs, they're young, they're hungry. So yeah, I, I definitely don't expect it to be easy at all. And mm. I'm pretty sure that there'll be challenges, and we'll be going up against Kibworth Again. most definitely. Yeah, and again. We, you don't have to reveal anything, obviously, but you're looking at one or two new players as well? Yeah, maybe one. Maybe one, if I'm honest. A little bit of experience, maybe in the middle of our batting lineup. But if it doesn't happen, I'm not fussed at all, to be yeah. honest. I I still want to, if anything, it'd be nice to take the same 11 again with us next season yeah. and go that one better and, and win the league with the 11 that we've got. You know, that would, I guess that would give you more more pride doing it that way rather than going out there and signing X, Y, and Z. But, yeah. you know, if we can take the one to 11 we've got, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that anyway yeah be some satisfaction in taking that group forward again wouldn't there absolutely definitely it's been great talk about the Leicester and Rutland League and uh, we've got to know a little bit more about it obviously we'll keep in touch particular once we get into the season and you know fingers crossed get you or one of the guys or Dieter or whoever onto the pods during the season and see what's happening over in Leicester again hey no problem thanks very much thanks Ollie thanks a lot thanks you cheers thank you Thanks for listening to the Premier League Cricket Show. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes and stay updated on all the latest news, views and discussions from around the Cricket Premier Leagues. And be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram at TPL Cricket Show on both. Join the conversation, share your thoughts and connect with us and your fellow Premier League cricket fans. And hey, if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love Leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast platform as it helps other potential listeners to find us when they're searching for cricketing podcasts. Thanks again for being part of the Premier League Cricket Show family and until next time, have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.